my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. And I'm Sam Edis. Welcome to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. On our podcast, we talk about women's stories. We want to know everything from how they built their business to what they eat for breakfast. We think there's just incredible power in telling stories and what women are doing and how they're living big lives. If you are just joining us for the first time, we are both moms. Between us, we have seven children, not together, and we have two companies. (laughs) (laughs) Amy is a CEO and founder of The Riveter, and I am the CEO and founder of Park Place Payments. And we think that we have a unique take on what you are probably going through. Um, I once spent uh, a couple days at Oprah's Live Your Best Life weekend, and I had a chance to do these two-minute makeovers where people would have one minute tell me their problem and I would have one minute to solve it and what ended up happening is that people really all had the same exact problems it was kind of amazing by the end of the day there were only really six problems people had so I I like to think we're a lot more alike than we realize someday Sam you're gonna have to tell me what those six problems are because I probably have all (laughs) six of them 
particularly at this point in my life. <laughs> um, but I will say too, you know, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear everything from what advice you need to what guests we should have on our show. And just in general, what's going on with your life. Sam and I are friends. We talk about everything and we want to talk about it with you too. So you can reach out to us on our website, www.whatsherstorypodcast.com and on social media at What's Her Story Podcast. You can also find all this information in our show notes. If you are joining us for the first time, you are in for a treat because we are in part two of our interview with Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle, two people that we admire so much. And this is a rare interview because they are together. And in part two, we'll be talking about parenting, pay equity, and so much more. If you didn't tune into part one, you'll definitely wanna go back and hear that one too. Speaking of parenting, Sam, we usually talk every day, but you were off the grid this weekend. How how was it? Okay, so there there are lots of ups and downs as there always are, right? I always say the more kids you have, the more, you know, there's always someone sad or someone sick. Or there's always a problem. But <laughs> I will say that I I think I belonged like when people had kids together in like communes because we spent the week with my brother's <laughs> family and it was so much fun and it was so much easier to parent with more adults in the house. Like between us, we had four adults and five kids and we it was just so much more relaxed and so much more fun and you know, we were homeschooling all the kids. So I'm not homeschooling, but they were Zoom schooling. And then we were each working, all four of us were working. But somehow it just ran a little bit smoother. And it was just like the lows were a lot less low. It was just so much easier. However, we punctuated the trip at the end yesterday with an 11 hour road trip home. It was supposed to take seven oh. hours and it was 11 hours. And as you know, Amy, we have a no screens in the car rule. Uh, which is a little harder to enforce when you have two kids with phones at this point, but we did it. <laughs> and I, I went on social media and asked people for podcast recommendations. And by hour five, my 10 year old son starts screaming, going, I am not 40 years old. I don't want to listen to this many hours of podcasts. <laughs> Oh my God, Sam, so I love you and I listen to probably 95% of your advice about parenting because you've been in this game longer than I have. My kids are one, two, six now. I have to remember I have four kids, there's too many and they all just had birthdays. But nonetheless, again, I listen to like 95% of your advice about parenting, but I will never listen to your no screen time rule. We drive like 30 minutes and I'm like, fire up the minivan video. We've got to watch a DVR. I <laughs> have to say, you can't go it. backwards on this rule, but you can go forward. So like, I don't think you could instill the rule now that you haven't started it, but we never had screens in the car. So it's kind of like my kids are a little bit used to it. I mean, we definitely tested the boundaries of it yesterday and there was certainly a lot of fighting in the car, which was, you know, interrupted by like stops for frappuccinos and things like that but um it, it was a long day yeah long day that sounds like a long day um I don't envy that drive but I do envy the trip I'm glad you got to go away you know this this season for me has been hard <laughs> to say the least but you know with so many little kids and COVID like they're not gonna mask up so we can't really go anywhere we can't get on a plane um, so what we do is to follow public health advice, we spend a lot of time outside, very socially distanced from other people. And this weekend, we did three different outside adventures. We did two lakes where they went swimming. The first time I didn't realize it was a swimming lake, so my kids just all got naked into their undies and swam. So I'm fun. the best, most responsible <laughs> mother. Um, and, and then the other time we just, we went to a beach that was amazing here in Washington. 
And the good thing about my kids, because they wake up at the break of dawn, as you know, I have at least one of my four children up by 5 a.m. every day, is that we were out the door by 7 a.m. And so we were done with the beach by 10 when people started to come. So it was very good. Uh, But I do hear you on the communal parenting thing. It's something I think about a lot. Uh, As you know, I grew up in Ohio, and my mother and father are from Columbus, where I grew up. They went to my high school, uh, Upper Arlington High School. Shout out to the Golden Bears. But, you know, I grew up with all, with three of my grandparents, and I grew up with, my mom has five siblings, my dad has two, and I grew up with all of them and all my cousins. And both my parents worked, and they spent a lot of time with me and my sister, but they both did work, and they had big jobs that they really loved, which I knew. And I spent so much time just around the rest of my family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, and it was so normal, and I loved it. And it's hard because I think my kids won't have that. My sister lives in San Francisco. My parents are still in Ohio. And I wonder how different their childhood will be because of that. I mean, the one thing, Um, Aim, is that they have have each other. I mean, having four kids, it's kind of like you have this built-in community, which is awesome. So it's interesting because it was just you and your sister. And I think it's so different when there's four of you. It's kind of like you, you always have a pal. Yeah, they're like a little pack, especially during this time of COVID when they see no other human beings. But parenting, I think it's really amazing to hear how other parents do it. And I love the stories that Glennon and Abby tell because you have this situation where you have a modern family, right, dealing with Glennon and Abby. Abby's a stepmom and, you know, Glennon's ex-husband is really involved. And so I'm so excited to share this episode and dive right into parenting with Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle. You are raising a son, but you're also raising two girls. I have four girls, which is so many girls. And Sam has two girls and also a son. But when you think about this, like how do you approach raising daughters in this world where the system is set up, not for them. And granted, all of our children are white. And and, ours aren't. Well, yes. Ours are brown. These are brown. Ours are Japanese, half Japanese. We have two that I feel like are white passing. And one that's not even close to white passing and is has grown up as the only kid of color in his schools. So it's interesting. It's not, yeah. um, it's a little different. Yeah. And to, to be clear, we have uh, one boy and two girls until they tell us otherwise. I think that right. that's Correct. an important thing to start off with. And Glennon, you know, we've talked about this a lot and I'll let you tell the story about, because when you were pregnant with, with the girls, you know, you were like, you are badass and you can do anything. <laughs> Poor kid. You know, like you have been whispering in the girl's ears that they can be anything and fighting against the standardized ideas of what it means to be a little girl in this world. Glennon's been whispering in, them, in, in their ears all the opposition to that. Like, you can be brave, you can be loud, you can tell, you know. And then we ask ourselves sometimes, like, are we whispering into the ear of our son? I have the exact same. I have two girls. I was obsessed with raising confident girls. They're never going to worry about food and bodies and all that stuff. And then I have a son who's very sensitive, and I've never, ever thought about the messages. I mean, he at one point said to me, we don't hate all white men, do we? And, like, he's going to grow up to be a white man. Like, he's so ultra-feminist, and he's been raised this way, but there is also – I totally get it. So, so tell me answer. Solve it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like um, what I know is that even though, even though 
0.001% funding goes to women, even though I know as a person who suffered from eating disorders, from all of it, what kind of battle we're up against in a patriarchy, I wouldn't trade places with a man for all the money in the world. I feel like men in our culture are so screwed right now. And, you know, in writing Untamed, um, something has happened since marrying a woman, which is that the dynamics between me and men have changed. Okay, like men will actually talk to me now and like reveal themselves to me in ways that they wouldn't before. And I don't know if it's because the, the, the weird like, oh God, are we allowed to talk? Are we like being sexy? Are we being too close? Like all that's gone. Cause they're like, oh cool, she's gay. Like she's, you know, we can be human beings together. Um, but I think that boys are super, super tamed. I think that I was a third grade teacher and I know what it is to see a little boy actually be human on a playground and start crying. And I know what kind of tribal, tribal shaming happens in the immediacy of that. Um, I know that I truly believe that like one of the reasons our planet is about to blow up is because of toxic masculinity, right? Is because men have been given the power but given no permission to be human, right? They, that all of the characteristics that are necessary for good leadership, which is like empathy and compassion and mercy and vulnerability and um, listening um, have been assigned feminine. And so they've been shamed out of men and dismissed in women, right? And so, um, you know, I think that this undoing of toxic masculinity is the best thing we can do to save our boys and our girls. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that breaks my heart more than hearing someone, you know, you'll be at Disneyland or where a public space and you hear someone saying, man up, come on, you know, you're fine. And it just breaks your heart. It's just, it's so, it's just the permission. Well, and you have to start making those sayings a thing of the past, right? I mean, I'm listening to some old school books on tape and some of the language that, that they use so racist and so sexist and i'm just like oh my gosh but like that is a part of what makes not just our country but our world so beautiful is that we we are a part of the progress if we want to be right so when people say something like they are not girl push-ups okay they are assisted push-ups and when you run like a girl Right? If you are a girl, you say, damn right I run like a girl. I throw like a girl too. You want, to sh you want me to show you? You know, we have to be careful of the things that we say. And we also have to monitor the things that we let ourselves listen to and we let our kids listen to because they will believe it eventually. If we don't say something, they are going to believe it. And we just got to start over, man. I think, you know, every time I see a t-shirt that says girls can do anything, I'm like, oh God. Like, I, I feel the same way. I feel same. like I feel the, the little girl didn't think they couldn't you didn't do it. know that yeah. before, you yeah. idiots. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. girl power. It's like, yeah. Every time, like, we are, we have to be creative instead of reactive. Like, every time we're building something new, we need to just be showing the way it could be. Yes. And we do it to ourselves as we, as we become adult women, too, right? There are so many phrases around women bosses. You know, like the lady Maybe boss. boss. The, like, I'm just a boss. I am a boss of a big company. <laughs> that is all. Like, but it's just like we wow. have. But you have to just stop. You have to stop. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk for a second about girls and 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 boys, just in sports? 
because I, I, I was a former college division one athlete. I was, you know, raised to just play sports every single day of my childhood. I was very pressured by a mother who was obsessed with me winning. Mm -hmm. And as a reaction to that, I put zero pressure on my kids and will likely have no college athletes in my home. So I feel like there must be a happy, there has to be a happy medium somewhere. So where is that happy medium? If you don't have an Abby in your life who's saying, Tish, we're trying out for traveling soccer, even though you've never kicked a soccer ball. Yeah, I mean, I think that we let the, the kids dictate what they wanna do. Um, you know, Tish, she was an avid, she is an avid soccer player, but recently she's just picked up a guitar and is teaching herself how to do that, teaching herself how to play the piano, like writing songs, getting into music. Um, and as your kids get older, you just have to offer them different opportunities and different experiences so that they can make the decision themselves. Like, of course, you know, Craig and myself, that Craig played college soccer division one. I, I played soccer, obviously. Like it would be awesome for our kids to play soccer because we know it, but I don't care if they play soccer beyond high school or if they keep playing for, I don't want them to do it for me. Quite frankly, like watching kids soccer on the sidelines at their age is horrible. It's horrible. It's terrible soccer. Back and forth and back. And, and the ball's forth. never in bounds. And the kids think that they're Alex Morgan. And I'm like, actually, you're terrible at soccer. And the parents, oh my. And the parents God, think that their their well. kid on the field is Alex Morgan. I'm like, my goodness. But here's the thing: the reason why we have our kids in sports isn't because I want them to play Division One soccer or I want them to be a part of Division One athletics. That would be awesome. I had a great experience. But I also know that sports is one of the things in my life that taught me humility, that taught me about leadership, that taught me about collectively working through problems and solving problems, um, dealing with many different personalities in a, in a space that is sometimes too close. Um, trying, oh, that would have helped me with quarantine. I should have been Yeah, <laughs> trying to tackle, I mean, all of us have this common goal, right? And how do you get your team from here where you are to where you ought to be and, and hopefully in line with reaching some of those, those common goals? Like all of that stuff is life stuff, right? And, and stuff that is super, um, for me, it, it, that will just benefit them for the rest of their lives. So I don't care if they play one soccer or, or not. Yeah, and two things real quick. First of all, what you're talking about is this pendulum parenting idea, right? That we like, our parents did one thing and we didn't dig it. So then we go way to the other side and screw them up equally just the other way, right? Like, like I grew up in a family that I didn't feel like would let me express my feelings, okay? So my children, sometimes on like the third hour uh -huh. of Tish telling me how she feels, mm -hmm. I just want to say, you know what? I steered you wrong. Uh -huh. Like I should have taught you the beauty of suffering silently. Suck it up. Right? Butter like cup. buttercup just, I did you wrong. So like the pendulum parenting is just a thing. But like, I think what you're talking about could be any parent and child where the parent has some kind of dream or expectation for the kid that becomes their own thing and it's not even about the kid anymore, mm -hmm. which I find to be one of the most detrimental things in a parent-child relationship mm -hmm. ever, which, is not like good and bad, it's not evil. It, it, can, it can feel like love when you're a parent, right? Like one time Tish came home and said, 
mommy, Chase wants me to be in these clubs in high school and I don't want to be in these clubs. And I was like, okay, so what's the problem? Just don't be in the clubs. And she said, well, I just don't want to disappoint him. And it was like this really important moment with Tish. And I said, listen, child, like your job for your entire life is to disappoint as many people as you have to, to make sure that you do not disappoint yourself. 100%. Right. And she said, even you. And I said, especially me, because how many people do you know who are out there defying expectations, who are being the badasses, living untamed, doing their thing, but at the end of the day, their parents can have been dead for 20 years and they're still living every single day to earn mommy or daddy's approval. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. The hardest expectation to break is that one that was planted as us in children. What do my parents expect of me? And all of my success is based on whether or not I'm measuring up, not to my own ideals and dreams and expectations, but to theirs. Yeah. So I think I, that's one of the most beautiful parts of your book is just the expectations of society that women are so stuck in and how to break through that and how, how dangerous it is. I just, I, I think that's so powerful for so many people. And something that Abby advice that you give, or you talk about in the kids play sports that I've read is you ask them, did you have fun? Did you try your hardest? Yeah. And when I read that, I love by, by the way, and I love watching you play. Mm-hmm. And I love, which is, that's amazing. So you know what I thought? And did you learn anything? And I love watching you play. When I read that, I thought to myself about my own childhood and playing sports because I was a swimmer and a water polo player. And I thought about how much fun it was. And then I thought to myself, I should ask those questions of myself as a grown-up woman living my life. Oh, that's good. Oh, I love that. That's good. We all should, right? Like, you know, I was a lawyer and I left and started a company and I have so much more fun. I try my best. I don't always win. I lose a lot. Yeah. But like, it's much more fun. And those are the things I think should dictate our grown-up lives. Totally. And you know what the other thing you do ask sometimes, which I love, is we'll get in the car and she'll go, so how do you think you did? Yeah. That will be at the end. Because we've learned, sometimes they were the worst players on the field. <laughs> and we're like, oh God, they're going to cry. They're, this, they should cry. And they get in the car and they're like, I feel free. I don't think I was awesome. And we're like, oh, well, glad we didn't say anything first. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> So like letting them dictate their own experience, their own fun, and even their own performance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? So we, I know we only have you for another few minutes and we yeah. want to finish with three questions. Three. The first question is, what would you say to the women out there who are feeling stuck, whether it be in a relationship or a rut or a career or something, their life just feels like it's paused. I mean, you just got to begin somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had what we call rock bottoms, bathroom floor, being on the bathroom floor moments, both of us, and I've had a few of them in my life. Um, And you have to surround yourself with people you trust. You know, I, I mean, the thing that I learned playing on the national team and the thing that I miss the most, it's not playing, it's not the championships, it's nothing like that. It's the idea of being around other badass like-minded people that sometimes have to hold you up uh, when you feel low, when you feel down, when you've fallen and you're, you're hit your rock bottom. So for me, it's surround yourself with good people. And I would say honor your discontent. Yeah. Women are taught to bury our discontent that 
that if we are longing for more, that it's a sign that we're not grateful enough. Instead of just assuming that it's, a, if you can imagine more, it's likely a sign that you were made for more. Mm-hmm. So honor the discontent, stay in the discontent, ignite your imagination, write down what is the truth. If you're, if you're discontent with your career, what is the truest, most beautiful career you can imagine? Right? Instead I love that. Career, if you can imagine more, it's likely a sign that you were made for more. That's right. Okay, next question. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing, what would you change about the world your kids are growing up in? That there was more female leadership. Mm-hmm. I would start over in a country that was not based on um, a caste system, that was not based on genocide. And I just would start over. I think racial inequality is just going to take hundreds of years to get out of. Who do you think the three next guests on our show should be? Have you had Brittany Packnett yet? Nope. We've only had you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I would have Lovey Ajayi. I would have... I would have um, some of the founding investors for the new Angel City FC team oh. that we're, we're founding investors on. I think that um, Julie Ehrman or Natalie Portman or Alexis Ohanian. I think that um, Serena. Serena, those folks who are trying to build their own house as it relates to an industry that's been pretty much dominated by men and white men specifically. That's good. That's good. That's great. And what about Dr. Yaba Blay? Ugh. If you could have Dr. Blay and Tarana Burke on together, those two, oh my God. Great idea. Okay. There's That's awesome. All right, Lou, we want to bring you in for your final question. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. So I've been incredibly impacted for the past few weeks by, by Sam and Amy and now by you two. And it's, and I feel more sensitive. I feel like my walls are being torn down. I, I feel like I'm, I'm like the world is really opening up to me. Like my life is literally about to take off into another dimension of existence and reality. And it is amazing. And I used to be a real macho, macho, arrogant, cocky person, you know? And so, so for all the men out there that, that will be eventually listening to this, that will start to be impacted. Um, do you have a message for them? Like maybe the, even the men who have the, the ability uh, to make change so that, so that you all can like be like, yes, it's working. You can start to see progression towards, towards women. You know, uh, do you have anything, like a message you would tell them? Yeah, I feel like um, there, there's all these feminist women who are working to like undo these ideas and fight for equality. And, and then what I often hear from men is like, so where is this for the men? Like, where is this for the men? And so what I want to say to them is, where is this for the men? Like, you guys got to get together. You guys got to start having groups like women have where you guys are reclaiming your humanity, you know, where you're reclaiming vulnerability, where you're reclaiming um, mercy, where you're talking about all of these. Because what happens, I've seen so often, I just saw this thing on Twitter where a man came out and said, I just read Untamed. Oh my God, it is like broke my heart wide open. And this tribal shaming that came to him afterwards, like, oh, did you, did you like walk into the wrong group? Did you whatever, like the, the, the shaming, we need men who are gathering around other men and protecting their humanity, right? Who are doing what women are doing with each other because we can't do it for you. 
right? It's like, it reminds me of my, when I'm working with other activist groups who are led by women of color. And they're like, we need you to get your white people. Like, we can't do all of this. Like, we're over here doing this. We can work with you after you've done some work, but we need you to gather each other and wake each other up. And when you get to a certain point, we can work together. So that's what I would say to you, like start groups, show up with each other, defend each other's humanity. Like, like it's, like it's the world depends on it. There's right? no, yeah, there's no one way liberation. Um, when we talk about feminism, we're not just talking about freeing and giving women more rights or more access. We're also telling and saying that, that, that the men out there also have been limited and also yes. have been, um, kept down yes. and also because guess what they, I mean look being in power is not easy right being you lose your humanity yeah you lose your humanity yeah so it's a reclaiming of humanity it's like that quote that's like if you've come to me to help me you're wasting your time but if you're coming because your liberation is tied to mine let us begin yes so that's how I would say say about men like we don't need men to help us anymore please Jesus what we need is men who are wanting to help themselves, who are wanting to free themselves from the cages of patriarchy, and then we can work together. It's good. Mic drop. <laughs> One of the things, Amy, that's so critical is that it's not just women who are feminists, but that it's men too, right? And that part of part of kind of the, the new world is going to be having strong women and sensitive men. So it's not just important to raise strong girls, but it's also important to raise sensitive boys. And I love that this interview touched upon that. And I think that, you know, Glennon and Abby are such advocates for living full, rich lives, for following your heart and for raising really healthy kids. And I think that they shared so much of that with us. I, I couldn't get enough of them. Sam, I completely agree. And I cannot wait until our next episode where we talk with the legend, the one and only Ariana Huffington. She is incredible and our conversation will wow you. Before we go, I want to thank our amazing team. Thank you to Large Media. Find them at larjmedia.com. They are a woman-owned and operated podcast company that we love working with. Thank you also to our podcast associate producer, Emma Hard, and our sound engineer, Lou Burns. And of course, iHeart. Thank you so much. So, so, so much. I know your time is so valuable. We so appreciate it. No worries. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the ending, Lou. That was amazing. <laughs> I was impacted. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. 
take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.